Chapter 9 The next morning, Ben stood by his front window, drinking an herbal tea to warm his insides as he watched the gentle fall of snowflakes. He'd done a limited version of his workout routine, showered, gotten dressed, and had his breakfast. It looked like he was going to have to get a new mattress. The cleaning job he'd tried the day before actually did more damage than good. Maybe he'd go to the shop today to order a replacement. He'd dragged in a queen mattress from one of the guest rooms, but it looked odd on the California King platform. Two doors over on the north side of the street, he saw a man get out of his car and get something from his trunk. A few minutes later, and covered in snow, the man drove away, leaving a realty sign hammered into the hard ground. The Millers were moving from the neighborhood. Another neighbor he didn't know too well. He recalled that she wasn't home when they'd tried to reach her for that little get-together. He wondered if Gabriella and Catherine had reached out to. Sarah, that was her name. Shit. He felt bad that he hadn't had a chance to say anything to her since the accident. He'd barely spoken to her before that either. He'd seen her around, waved, said their good morning and evenings. Just basic neighbor stuff. He'd also seen her a few times while he was mowing his front lawn in the summer. She'd sometimes join the other ladies in the park with her boys. Now she was leaving. He looked at the clock. It was a little past nine, so Gabriella should be awake. He dialed her number, and she picked up on the third ring. Good morning, Ben. Sleep well, she asked. He could hear the smile in her voice. It always brought his mood up to talk with her. Good morning, Gabriella. I slept all right, yourself. Very well, now that you're back. What's up? I just noticed someone putting a for-sale sign on the Miller's place. Have they left? I never got a chance to give her my condolences, he asked. I'm sorry, Ben. Sarah moved out with her boys a month ago. The house is empty. Ah, well, it's good she's taking steps to move forward. I hope she's happy. Ben, you are such a sweet man, Gabriella smiled. It was just such a shock to so many people right here in our neighborhood, he mumbled. I understand what you were trying to tell me in the car yesterday, Ben about being displaced in time. I get it. We've had time to adjust, and you haven't, Gabriella said. I hope you understand that we were all in different places in our relationships with our husbands when the accident happened. Some of us discovered some time ago that our husbands were that in name only. That was when we mourned. Gabriella, I am so sorry if I was critical of you in any way yesterday. It's not my place to judge you or Catherine or anyone. I'm the last person who should be doing that, Ben expressed. Speaking of Catherine, she explained to me what happened yesterday at your place. Initially, I was as shocked as you were, but after hearing the explanation, I can understand how it happened. She's mortified and worried that you hate her now. She said, Hate her. Of course, I don't hate her. I can't say I'm not disappointed that she thought I'd be okay with her having sex in my bed. Ben, she didn't have sex in your bed. Well, not really. She was alone and asleep, Gabriella explained gently. What? he said, confused. She went over to change the sheets, like she said, and fell asleep on your bed. Then, she had some nice dreams, that's all. She panicked when we arrived just after she woke up. 
She made a mistake. Ben, can you forgive her? Ben was quiet for a moment. I'd like to hear it from her if you don't mind. Of course. She's dying to apologize. I told her to give you a little space yesterday, she said gratefully. Ben was quiet again. You really are a good friend to Catherine, he said. It was Gabriella's turn to be quiet. Yes, I, she's my best friend, she finally murmured. That's one of the things I most admire about you, Gabriella. Your loyalty, Ben said honestly. Not the first attribute a woman desires to be complimented on, Ben, but a nice one. Your beauty and grace are truly breathtaking, but loyalty is a much more precious and rare virtue these days. Sorry if I've placed a higher value on that, he expressed. Gabriella was silent again, and Ben was worried he'd offended her somehow. Did I say something wrong, he asked. No, Ben, not at all. He heard the smile in her voice and breathed a sigh of relief. It's Saturday, isn't it? Do you think we might be able to get together with whoever is available and catch up with how people are doing? He asked. Sure, let me make some phone calls and I'll call you back, she replied. Thanks, he said and hung up. Just before noon, he was standing in front of Catherine's door, feeling nervous. He wasn't sure why he felt that way, as he hadn't done anything wrong. When Gabriella called him back, she indicated that she'd managed to contact most of the women, and they were all going to meet at Catherine's at 1pm for lunch. She asked him to arrive at noon so Catherine would have time to apologize. He thought an hour was a little excessive for a simple apology, but he didn't argue with her. The door opened, and Ben looked down into worried blue eyes. Catherine's face was pink and on its way to becoming red. Please come in. Let me take your coat, she said softly. Ben slipped off his jacket, and Catherine took it while he slipped off his boots. She led him into the living room, and they sat on the couch. She was biting her lower lip, nervously, and glancing up at him from under her bangs. He waited for her to say something. He looked around expecting to see Gabriella, but she hadn't arrived yet. They were alone. Is Megan home? he asked. No, she's at her friend's place, Catherine blurted out. He nodded and looked expectantly at her. She closed her eyes and she seemed to be taking a deep breath as she leaned towards him a little. It calmed her down and she smiled. When she opened her eyes, she looked up into Ben's. I'm very sorry for what I did to your mattress. I understand Gabriella told you what happened, she asked quietly. Yes, more importantly, she told me what you weren't doing in my bed, he replied. Weren't doing, she asked. You weren't. Having sex with someone. In my bed. I thought you had brought a lover into my house and used my bed. That thought was disturbing. It was Ben's turn to blush. Lover? I don't have a lover. I haven't had sex in almost a year, which is why that dream was so incredible. She sighed, oblivious to the effect she was having on him. Ben's face was threatening to ignite. He wasn't sure where to look. He was so close to her, and everything about her looked so good. The most sensual thing I've experienced all year, maybe ever, was that kiss we shared in the hospital, she said, looking at him with a desperate need in her eyes. I really enjoyed that kiss. 
His eyes were immediately drawn to her sensual, plump lower lip. Even though he'd barely been conscious at the time, he remembered distinctly what it felt like, how it tasted, how much he'd wanted to continue kissing it. Yes. Ah, it was a really nice way to return to the land of the living. She slid a little closer on the couch. Could I? Could I have one more? Her blue eyes seemed to fill his vision, and he found himself lowering his face to hers. Then their lips met. Just a tentative touch, a caress of lip against lip. No breath was shared as both seemed to be holding theirs. The second contact was firmer. He sucked her bottom lip between his and lightly slid the tip of his tongue along its smooth surface. He felt her tremble and gasp. Then she was straddling his lap and he was sliding his tongue boldly into her mouth, where she sucked it deeper into her. His hands went around her back, his left up near her shoulders, holding her against his kiss, his right at the base of her spine, pulling her groin in hard against his. She whimpered when she felt his hard member straining against the fabric of his pants and crushed against her heat. Then the doorbell rang. The sound was like a bucket of cold water for Ben. A hard slap of reality. He pulled back from the kiss and had to hold Catherine's shoulders back to get her to disengage as she clung and moaned. Her eyes opened dreamily and her need was still flaring in them. The doorbell rang again. Ben lifted her and set her back on the couch and stood up. His head was spinning. I'll get the door. You might want to check your lipstick. He stumbled away to get to the door before the bell rang again. He yanked it open and saw Gabriella standing there, looking concerned. He pulled her inside. Here, let me get your coat, he said, reaching for it. She turned in his grip and reached up to his mouth. She wiped her finger across the light pink gloss that was smeared across his lower lip, then froze as his brain finally caught up with him. Gabriella looked so sad and a little lost. Then a determined look briefly crossed her features. She slipped her hand behind his neck and pulled his face down to hers. Ben was immersed in the warm spice of Gabriella's perfume, and his head was floating away as her lush lips pressed against his. Her nimble tongue darted into his mouth, and he captured it with his own and gently sucked on it. Gabriella groaned and crushed her soft body against his hard muscles. Ben's body immediately reacted to the intense sensations, and he gasped. Ben? Gabriella? Once more, Ben was yanked from heaven by reality and blinked in confusion. His lower lip slipped from Gabriella's mouth as he pulled back. Her perfume was still riding his senses, and he looked around to see who had spoken. Standing next to him, Gabriella was coming down from her own body rush. She turned and saw her friend, who was just inside the opening to the hall. Kat was looking at the two of them with nervous expression. Ben looked at the clock and saw only 15 minutes had passed, though it felt much longer. His legs began to shake as he'd maybe overdone it a little when he worked out and he wasn't up to full strength yet. Can I sit down, please, before I fall down? he asked. Catherine stepped forward and took his arm, guiding him back into the living room. She was about to seat him on the couch when Gabriella appeared at his other side and sat him in the middle with the women on either side. 
they pressed up against him as they curled their legs up underneath themselves. Ben was starting to feel dizzy again. Gabriella, Catherine, please. I feel like I'm being buried in the most wonderful quicksand imaginable. I can't think straight with you both leaning against me like that, he said somewhat desperately. Both women looked at each other across Ben. At first, their expressions were a little hurt and defensive, but soon a twinkle appeared in their eyes, and they smiled. Then the smiles turned mischievous. They leaned in over his body and nibbled on his earlobes as they pressed themselves over his chest and shoulders. Ben groaned and struggled to get free to no avail. Gabriella leaned her face over his and gave him a deep, aggressive kiss which he returned. As she pulled back and Ben tried to catch his breath, Catherine swooped in and claimed a kiss of her own. Once they were done, they looked down at Ben's lap and raised their eyebrows at the impressive ridge pressing against his pants. Gabriella looked at the clock and saw they had thirty minutes as long as no one arrived early. Simultaneously, the two women placed their hands over the bulge, and Ben's breath whooshed out of him. Wait, 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 hang on, he gasped breathily as he renewed his efforts to break loose. The doorbell rang. Gabriella and Catherine both moaned in frustration and leaned back. Ben surged to his feet and turned away from them to rearrange his erection as it was getting pinched. He turned back to them. I'll get the door. When he opened the door, he was still riding the high of the two ladies' kisses, so he wasn't at his sharpest. Standing in the doorway was Hannah and Beth Wilson. Both were startled to see him, and then both were looking far too low to see his face. He looked down as well, and realized he was still quite visible against his pants. His face flushed, and he moved back to allow Hannah to pull Beth into the foyer. Hannah looked at Ben's face and shook her head. She took her coat off and then helped Beth take hers off. It was then that Ben's brain caught up to him and he really saw Beth. The last time he'd seen her was a month or two before the accident. She'd been a solid woman, maybe just a little overweight, but happy and vibrant. The woman standing before him was almost a shadow of that other Beth. She'd lost too much weight. Her lively eyes were bruised and sad. Ben looked in shock at Hannah, and she nodded. Her expression showed her concern. Beth? he said. Hi, Ben, Beth replied weakly. Ben couldn't help himself. He gathered the woman against him in a full-body hug. Oh, Beth. She went still in his arms, then her arms slowly encircled him, and she rested her cheek against his chest and began to cry. He rocked her gently in his arms, and she let it out. He made soothing noises and kissed the top of her head. Hannah reached up and carefully rubbed his mouth with her handkerchief to remove the mess of lipstick on his face. He thanked her silently, and she just nodded at him. Gabriella and Catherine arrived, having fixed their lipstick, and saw Ben holding a shrunken version of Beth. Their eyes went wide, and they both looked questioningly at Hannah, who just shook her head to indicate it wasn't the time. When Beth's tears slowed, Ben put his arm over her shoulders and led her into the living room. He sat on the couch and sat her down next to him, nestled up against his side. Hannah smiled from the doorway as she saw Beth's eyes straying to the front of Ben's pants, 
which hadn't completely settled down yet. She looked up at Hannah, and just a hint of that liveliness showed in her eyes. Hannah's smile burst into a full grin, and Beth gave her a small smile. Back then rested her head against Ben. The doorbell rang again, and the others began to arrive. Soon the large living room was filled with conversation and energy. All of the women stopped by to speak with Beth and Ben. Beth was surprised to hear Ben had been in the hospital. Tina, who had brought her son, was only too happy to retell the story of Ben's heroic actions to protect her and Christopher and the price he'd paid. While Ben squirmed hearing her praise, he was relieved to hear that the driver had been arrested and Tina's mother-in-law had fled the country back to Korea empty-handed. She gave her son a kiss on his head and looked at Ben with gratitude. As Catherine was hosting, she stood up and got everyone's attention. Hello everyone. Thank you for coming. We thought it would be helpful to everyone if we could get together and share how we are all dealing with our new situations. Kind of a status update. So we can potentially help each other in any way we can. I know most of us are familiar with each other, but I've found the following process is very good at opening up discussion. I will start. Catherine took a deep breath and looked around the room, making sure she had everyone's attention. Hello, my name is Catherine McGovern, or Cat for short. Yes, I've gone back to my maiden name. I'm the CEO of Kids. Two, Kids, a non-profit organization helping underprivileged students get access to better educational support tools and tutoring for free. I have three daughters, Sophia, age 20, Rachel, age 19, and Megan, age 18. Megan is completing high school this year and is struggling with the decision to retain her father's surname or not. I'm not pressuring her either way and have told her the decision is hers. At the time of the accident, I was preparing to file for divorce. Our marriage was an empty, loveless shell, and I could no longer remain in it. I wasn't aware of my husband's extramarital affairs. If I had, I would have divorced him years ago. She looked around again and saw some of the whim were shocked by how much she divulged. You do not need to say anything more than what you are comfortable sharing. The point of this exercise is to help us communicate with each other, to help us understand each other, to help us understand each other, and perhaps to help us help each other. Please know you are among friends here. Gabriella took the floor next. My name is Gabriella Wallace. I have my own business importing fashion accessories for distributors. I have a daughter, Megan, who just turned 16, and a son, Daniel, who is 12. I was aware of Kat's marriage issues and knew of her brave decision to end her marriage. I was not as brave. Well, I wasn't. Aware. Daniel was having these flings. Our marriage had become cold and loveless. I was no longer happy. Hadn't been for years, but I wasn't strong enough to believe I could set off on my own at my age. Now that the decision was made for me, I'm looking at other ways to improve my life. Thank you. Rochelle stood up next. She looked sad. I'm Rochelle King. The first thing I want to say is that my man Devon was a serial cheater. He couldn't keep it in his pants if a pretty tail offered him a ride. I still loved him, and each time I caught him, he'd promise not to do it again. And each time I caught him, he'd promise not to do it again. And each time I'd lose. 
a little more self-respect. I still love the man, so I guess that says something about me. I'm now CEO of the restaurant chain, and we're doing better than ever. Probably because so much of our profits aren't going into payouts to the Hores, who fucked him, my daughter Sarah, who is 20 is now our Effo, taking my old position, and she is doing an awesome job. My son Jaden is 17, and I'm afraid he is going to be just like his father. I've seen it already, he's not as smooth as his father, but that's just practice. She shook her head and sat down. Hannah Cooper, Hospital Administrator of Western Mercy. I wasn't aware that Andrew was cheating. He was a gynecologist and used to tell me that he looked into too many to consider finding another. I know. It was a tasteless joke. It was obviously also a lie. I discovered a lot of my marriage was built on lies. When I found out I didn't take it well and lashed out at others, Gabriella and Catherine mostly, and for that I am truly sorry. She smiled at the two friends, then continued. I'm working through my anger and my fear of betrayal issues. I found a sympathetic ear in Ben while he was recently having a prolonged visit at our hospital. Having a captive audience was quite helpful. These talks really helped me. I hope to continue. Ben nodded and she smiled back at him as she sat down. I am Tina Lee and this is my son Christopher and he is not yet one year old. I do not work and I think my husband's investments are not good. I received a letter from the bank today. She looked towards Ben. It is something about our mortgage. I do not know what I am to do. Ben raised his hand and saw Tina's hopeful look turn into a relieved smile. I'll take a look at it after the meeting, all right? Thank you, Mr. Shepherd, she said. Ben, he replied. Her smile lit up her face again. Ben, she said, and nodded to him.